So I'm looking southbound right now. To my right is Kravis Hall. Yep. To my left is Geffen Hall. Yep. How do you feel that these buildings reflect a more modern way of learning and of doing business? First of all, they're embedded in the city. When you're looking at Kravis, you're also looking at the river, you're looking at the highway. When you're looking at Geffen, you see the subway going by. And that's part of what makes Columbia and what makes Columbia Business School special. We are situated in the sort of business capital of the world, and that's evident from where we are. Hello listeners, Fahad Ahmed here, and welcome to the special season of Columbia BizCast, where we'll learn all about Columbia Business School's new home in Manhattanville. This is our season premiere, and we're thrilled to welcome back to the show Costis Maglaris, Dean of Columbia Business School and the David and Lynn Silfen Professor of Business at Columbia University. Dean McGlaris and I had a rich conversation starting outside of David Geffen Hall, taking in the sights and sounds of the new campus, talking about why, at this pivotal moment in time, a new campus is exactly what the school needs to prepare the next generation of business leaders. We spoke in the Arthur J. Sandberg Commons within Henry R. Kravis Hall, all about how spaces like the Sandberg Commons are built to encourage and create connectivity and collaboration among students, faculty, and alumni, as well as the larger business community. We also discussed the school's vision for the future of business education in one of the new state-of-the-art classrooms, which beautifully overlooks the West Side Highway and the Hudson River. I have to tell you, this was such a fun and informative conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode learning about CBS's new home, and through the background sounds, you can begin to envision yourself at Manhattanville. Here's our conversation with Dean Costis Maglaris. Dean Costis Maglaris, it is so great to see you again. It's great to see you too. It has been a little bit more than two and a half years. Last time we were in your office in yours, and we were having a conversation about this new campus, and here we are. Yeah. I have to say it's beautiful. Congratulations to you and of course to the entire team. Thank you, thank you so much. It looks amazing, right? It looks fantastic. If you were to describe our new home in three words, what would they be? For me, collaborative, movement, and light. What was the feeling like for you, all the work that went into this, when you opened the doors and you invited current members of the CBS community to the new campus, as you're inviting future members to the new yeah. campus, what is that feeling like for you? For many of us, we have been here for so long. This has been, uh, this has been, a, this has been a project in the making for quite some time. We've needed, we have outgrown our space in Uris Hall and we needed a new home. We also needed a home that truly personified how, you know, the practice of business has changed. You know, we need to be able to be better integrated with other schools in the, in, 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 in the university. So we needed sort of to reimagine through our physical plant, where do we want to be? And, you know, we came here yeah. uh, a little bit more than two months ago. Uh, we opened the doors. Uh, it was all smiles. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, many people were surprised. It was the first time they were seeing this incredible new uh, uh, set of two buildings that we have. And it truly, you know, raises a new level of ambition for the school. 
the student experience will be obviously better. It will be a, a long-term home for our alumni like you and everybody else. But truly, you know, the level of ambition for the school could actually elevate right now. Yeah. Business, the practice of business, is a much more social uh, experience right now. Like you collaborate with people, you work with people from your own division, from people from other divisions. It's a much more innovative, collaborative, and social experience. And business education, the way you experienced it in our lecture yeah. halls, was different. Every classroom was a tiered lecture hall. And if you think about it, this is incredible because we can all have a discussion together, but it's not by itself collaborative. It was difficult for me to say, okay, you six people work yeah. together for 20 minutes and you do the same and then let's get back together. You'll see when we walk in the building, you know, we have sort of classrooms that can function in many different ways. You can sort of change the way you teach. You can change the way uh, students learn. You can change the way we, faculty, business leaders, students, alumni, interact in the buildings. You know, all of this comes to life. I think one of the, and I was thinking back to our conversation we had in 2019, you had made a point to say that the business of tomorrow, or the business education of tomorrow, needs to be more collaborative, but also with the other schools. What do you think is the significance of being so close to them? Opportunity and disruption exists on the boundaries, right? Opportunity yeah. to innovate, opportunity to create value, and where disruption comes from. This is the School of the Arts, Lenfest uh, School of the Arts building. Right behind it is the Green Building, which houses yeah. the Zuckerman Mind Brain Behavior Institute. Uh, that's probably going to be the future home of the climate school. Engineering is going to go behind Geffen. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, our collaboration with engineering is just crucially important. Our collaboration with medicine and healthcare in general is crucially important. Yes. Our collaboration with the climate school is crucially important. You know, technology has changed the world in the last half a century. And if you're going to ask yourself what's going to change everything about our lives, businesses, industries, business practices, it's going to be climate change. Being embedded close to all of this incredible uh, sort of intellectual activity is strategically important for us. And hopefully by this new campus, we will be able to serve as a nexus for all of these innovations. People will be coming to us to work on their ideas, commercialize yeah. their ideas, think about how to implement them at scope. So that's the role we would like to play, not just for us, but for the rest for of the rest university. Of I find it, you mentioned we're embedded in the city. We are embedded within Harlem. Yep. And you may remember this, my father, when we first started the podcast, would come and help me, you know, and he would help me set up the equipment in the beginning. And he would travel down from Beacon, New York, to the Metro North. I would meet him at the Metro North station down on 125th. And his eyes would just light up because of all the culture, the art, the entrepreneurship, the business that is just beaming in this area. Yeah. What significance does that have for us that we are in the heart of so much entrepreneurship and business and culture and arts? Yeah, yeah. There is tremendous amount of energy, yeah. positive energy. And when you walk around, you feel it. Creativity, positive energy, entrepreneurial spirit that you said, small businesses all around. I think it's fantastic. 
you hear the noises, you hear the subway, you hear the highway, you know, you walk around, you see these small businesses. So it is truly sort of this unique texture of the local community that hopefully we will be able to take, you know, advantage in a sense of like really embedding ourselves in here, learning from it, collaborating with all the uh, local businesses and really becoming one of the fabric of yeah. the community. And that's actually why we wanted to do the first part of this conversation outdoors, yep. because we wanted to give our listeners the ability to hear a little bit of what's happening here. It is beautiful, but it's different. Yeah. Shall we go inside? Sure. Dean McGuire, so we are inside and we are sitting in Kravis Hall in the Commons area. And what I've loved about my experience thus far in the new campuses is how, as a word you use, collaborative they are. You know, we're recording right now in February of 2022. People haven't been able to see each other and connect much over the past yeah. 20 months or so. How much more of an important role does the space have now? So I think the space, our ability to move here, our ability to bring all of our students back, all of our faculty, all of the staff has been incredible. And we're gonna start slowly, but very deliberately, starting in March, sort of celebrating that return back to the new campus. Obviously, we're gonna do something for the people that graduated in the last two years, yeah. but we're gonna bring back all of the graduating class yeah. all the time. Just bring them here, see the, the new Columbia Business School. What message do you think it sends to the community? You know, like I said, we're in Kravis Hall right now. You know, a tremendous donation on his part. David Geffen Hall as well, tremendous donation on his part. But as you walk through the campuses, you see the names of other alumni who have all contributed to, you know, really building this new home. What do you think that that says to the broader community and really the future members of our community? I mean, it, it is truly the leadership of our uh, alumni that brought this into reality, right? Henry, but many others as well, ultimately made this incredible new campus a reality for us. And it's through their philanthropy, through their commitment. They saw that we needed that. They were, you know, strategically embedded in our discussion about how to bring that, make it a reality. And, you know, five, 10 years later, yeah. we're, we're here. And we owe it to them, to their commitment, uh, devotion to, to their school. Uh, and hopefully this will be a home for all of our alumni and all of our future alums yeah. uh, for many, many, many years to come. And, and, and I hope that all of them uh, will be equally engaged and committed to the school. Uh, is, there a, is there a way, an ideal way you would hope to see uh, alumni engaging back with the school? I want us to be able to nurture the alumni community and network for that network to become as strong and as helpful to our alumni as possible, right? And we want, we want to be able to support that exercise or that, that process, but we really want to sort of make our alumni community fully connected yeah. and, and helpful to each other. The second thing is our alumni 
go and lead incredible lives. And we want to be able to bring them back yeah. and connect with us, connect with the school, connect with our students, both as, as role models and as examples of incredible sort of uh, success, but also connect with the faculty to support their research, to sort of, sort of suggest new research questions or suggest things that they see in practice that maybe we should be thinking about. And in some sense, so bring people back to exactly share the, the things that they're doing uh, after they have left the school. Their and experiences. So, their yeah. experiences, uh, you know, their dilemmas, their, you know, their incredible journeys. And, and I think that's some of the most powerful thing that we can do here for our students. You know, over time, create this sort of process that the alumni feel that this is a natural home for them. You don't leave once you graduate. You always stay connected to the school. What do you think that says, though, Theo McGlarus, right? I mean, like, look, it's been, it's, it'll be five years since I graduated, and I was itching to start the show up again, right? So I yeah. can get back here and yeah. I can start to have these rich conversations and yeah. you know, start to use my brain in a different way. What do you think that says, that the alumni network is so strong that people are just, and as, as I just said, itching to get back and to participate? Yeah, yeah. The experience that one has when they go through the school can be transformative. Mm -hmm. Transformative in what it allows them to do in their future, transformative in the friendships and, and connections that they create. Uh, and, and I think that creates a bond, right? Mm -hmm. That people want to stay connected. The reality is the intellectual life at the school is also a magnet by itself. Right? Things are changing, incredible things are happening here, both in the classroom and outside the classroom. And hopefully all of this makes our alums wanting to stay engaged with the school. Uh, and we will try to make that happen throughout, uh, throughout the future. Dean McGlarus, we are in one of the new lecture hall spaces and, you know, of, of course, one of the first things you notice is, you know, the windows, first of all, which is a huge change. A lot of sunshine coming in right now. You know, you can see the West Side Highway, you can see movement, you can see the Hudson River, the George Washington Bridge right there. Again, all of those things that we were saying outside really embodies New York City movement, business, energy. How do you think teaching the discussions that are happening in the classroom, the sharing of ideas, the creation of new ideas, how do you think that's going to be enhanced by the new classrooms that we have? So if you go back to how traditional uh, education used to work, the way you experience it, the way I have taught for about 20, 25 years, is much more faculty member directing a class, either lecturing or directing a case discussion between peers, but it's not by itself collaborative. We're now in a classroom, which is a flat classroom that has reconfigurable tables. You can configure them in rows so that we can have the type of discussion that we were mentioning earlier, but you can put them together. You can have teams of six people working together or teams of eight people working together in projects. I talk about an idea you work on it for half an hour, we break out the, the, the group discussions, 
we debrief, we work on the next idea. Yeah. These are types of things that we could never do before. Uh, sort of very immersive experiential learning. So I think that the new, the new sort of capabilities that we have in the, in, in the, in the new, two new buildings will allow us to actually change how we teach. The other thing that you notice when we were coming in here, there are all these breakout rooms yeah. for, for students to come together and work together in teams. Something, again, alien yeah. uh, in, our, <laughs> in our past life, right? And, uh, and, but much needed. Yeah. So, you know, I think we can be collaborative uh, and experiential inside the classroom. We can do the same thing outside of the classroom. So I think you will see over time, not only that we're gonna be able to do the same thing we're doing before better, but we will start to change how we teach. As an entire school, we're making a big commitment to teaching in a manner that helps address what we at the school consider five key transformative areas. Digital transformation, entrepreneurship and innovation, 21st century finance, the intersection of business and society, and climate and sustainability. How will those areas and the work we're doing here at the school uh, be enhanced or even augmented in our new campus? First of all, our lives, your life, my life has changed through technology, data, algorithms. Every aspect of business has been reimagined through that process, mm -hmm. right? Every industry has changed. So business education itself needs to change, that is changing, change, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we need to prepare people for a career in an environment that is drastically different than what it was 20, 30 years ago. The digital future of business is obviously something that we need to be investing. We have been investing for quite some time, but we're really amplifying our, our own investment in that space. Entrepreneurship and innovation. We actually do incredibly well in that space, yeah. but we don't talk about it. No, and don't. people don't know the number of companies that actually start from uh, the business school, the amazing number of unicorns that we have, the types of problems that our students uh, and alums actually try to address through their companies. So we need to continue to nurture that uh, and support it in a, in a sort of more holistic way. We need to support also our alumni in their entrepreneurial journeys. And then the last thing we need to do, which is something that you and I discussed, is embed the business school and the entrepreneurial spirit that our students have and the human capital that we have into the entrepreneurial ecosystem of the entire university. An inventor from engineering that invented, let's say, a robotic arm, we may want to pair that individual so that she or he can work with, let's say, two MBA students to see whether that's a commercially viable idea. What would it take? What's a minimum viable product? You know, so in some ways, give opportunities to our students to create businesses, not only with the ideas that they come up with, but the ideas that come up throughout the university here. So, you know, I think we need to invest time, curricular resources, and over time, put ourselves in the center of entrepreneurship for the entire institution. The third thing that you mentioned is finance. I do think we need to continue to play a leading role in the future of, of finance, yeah. okay? And that involves both strengthening our private equity programs, uh, things that we do in venture capital, obviously the excellent value investing program that we have, in invest more time in asset management. Asset management as an industry is changing over time. 
So we need to sort of do a lot more to support our students. And then also invest quite a bit in the area of digital finance, which is itself disrupting a lot of the things that we just mentioned. The fourth thing that you mentioned, uh, I'll flip the, the sequence, I'll talk about climate first. Technology really disrupted our lives. And if you sort of sit and ponder what's going to disrupt our lives in the next half a century. Climate change, yeah. It's going to be our response to climate change, either by being solution providers or by adapting to trying to transition to be sort of low carbon or net zero in our own operations. That will change the energy market. It will change manufacturing, supply chains, transportation, agricultural and food, pretty much everything. Right? So that's going to be uh, something that is going to ripple through everything that we do here in the business school. The last bit is we live in a world where business leaders are asked not only to think about the economic performance of their own companies and whatever they're managing, but to really think and participate and contribute in, in the solution to societal issues. And this interplay between business and society is something that we believe is going to be sort of a paradigm shift on what happens in business schools as we educate future business leaders, as we're coming up with the intellectual frameworks for how business leaders should manage their own companies. And I think we have a, a role to play there. We need to be grappling with these, que these questions and we need to be preparing our students to be eventually socially responsible leaders. I want to switch gears a little bit and really just kind of talk about your leadership over the last two years, really. It, last time we talked, September 2019, the conversation was entirely focused on introducing you as the new dean of our school. What you had said at the time is that you feel that why you received, uh, why you were selected to be the dean was because, you know, you had a vision for what the future business needed to be, data tech, the interface, the data technology and the interface with business, native understanding of that climate, data and technology, and you had a practical hat around, you know, uh, quantitative finance, technology. Then six months later, eight months later, whatever it was, you know, for whatever the reason is, right, whatever how fate has it, you are selected to be the dean at this time to really, you know, shepherd the school through this, this period that we all had went through. What did you learn about yourself? It's interesting that you, um, I was having this discussion with uh, one of the university trustees last week, hmm. reflecting back on the first two and a half years and uh, recognizing that almost two of, that, of those years have been at some point in time, about, you know, I would say about 12 months for sure, firefighting uh, COVID. What did I learn about myself? I think, you know, being proactive, empowering people, ultimately just rely on personal relationships within the school that came through Collaboration is a word that continues to come up. I think it's, and rightfully so, it continues to come up. Do you feel that that was the leadership skill, that ability to bring people together? Do you feel that that was the skill 
that helped you through the most? It could be. I mean, the, the, one thing you learn very quickly when you become dean or when you become the leader of a big organization is that there is nothing you can do by yourself. Everything that you can do is by sort of bringing other people together and together being able to sort of produce a better product, produce a better course, produce a better sort of MBA program or what have you. So it has to be, uh, you have to lead by bringing people together and collaborating with them mm -hmm. and sort of hopefully achieving better outcomes. How proud are you of the entire CBS community for doing their part to bringing us to this historical point in our school's history with the opening of the new campus? I mean, let me just say, uh, the last two years have been an incredible journey where every single individual that you mentioned, from board members to alumni, to faculty, to staff, to student leaders, all came together to first deal with COVID, provide jobs to people, provide internships, support us uh, financially in difficult times, uh, pivot online, then pivot in hybrid, then, you know, like changing what we do on a bi-weekly basis with good spirit and complete commitment and energy and commitment to the mission of the school. Throughout that period, we were trying to complete this project. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Just another which, which is, <laughs> major task. Yeah. Which was not a small undertaking. Right. Right. And, and certainly the last academic year and the last six to nine months have been insane in trying to sort of maintain everything that was happening on the main campus while completing this sort of massive project. Uh, and I have to thank profoundly many groups in the administration for really pulling it off. Yeah. Uh, the uh, sort of technology group, ITG, our operations group, uh, our teaching and learning specialists at Sandberg. Mm -hmm. You know, every classroom is new. Every piece of technology is new. E everything is different than what used to be the, uh, the, the thing that we were using all the way to December 20th. Yeah. And then we all went home. Some people didn't go home. Right. And then on January 4th, we opened our doors here in this building. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this has been an immense, immense effort. Yeah. And, and we are completely indebted yeah. to uh, the efforts that everybody has actually yeah. been putting in. And final question here, and you've been very kind with your generous with your time, and I thank you very much for this. You mentioned we're going to, with intention, bring people back, alumni back to the school. When they come and they experience this campus and this new school, what, what would you like them to do afterwards? So I hope, um, I want our move to this new campus to achieve two things. One is raise the ambition that we all have for the school. Yeah. The school should be better, bigger, and yeah. more impactful than what it used to be. And the manifestation of that move, you know, what's, what we're capable of doing right now that we were not capable of doing in the past, should just sort of increase the level of ambition that each of us have. That includes alumni, yeah. that includes students, certainly includes the administration and faculty. That's the first thing. 
The second thing is I want this sort of transformative moment for the school to be a point in time where suddenly all of our alumni reconnected with the school. Even people that have not been connected mm-hmm. for the last two years, five years, 20 years since they left, this is a moment for everybody to come back, everybody to reconnect, everybody to feel proud about what we do, and then find ways for us to be sort of connected in the future. Yeah. So both of these things. Yeah. Uh, I hope that moment will actually make both of these things happen. And we will try to make that happen. Yeah. So we'll, you will see how we will try to connect with yeah. you individually, <laughs> even though we don't have to try for you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, when we started, it's just wonderful to see you again. Uh, your leadership has been something that I have watched from afar and really admired how that you have taken us this far, managing COVID, managing the process of bringing these campuses, these buildings to life. So congratulations, congratulations to your team, congratulations to the entire community. And thank you again so much for your time, Dean McGlarus. Thank you for all that you do for HUD. And I look forward to seeing you in campus more often. Looking forward to it. That's our conversation with Dean Costis McGlarus. Quick closing words from me. If you're an alumnus or a prospective student, find a way to get to Manhattanville. There is so much excitement and opportunity on the campus, and it's only going to grow. If you want to learn more about CBS's new lifelong home, go to manhattanville.gsb.columbia.edu. And if you want to see some of the video and photo content we captured during this recording, as well as other great CBS content, follow us on social media. You can find us at Columbia underscore biz. Be sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss our upcoming episodes dedicated to Manhattanville. If you can, leave us a comment and a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening.